welcome to a very special episode of Roaming Reigns. I believe this will be episode 48. I can't remember. Let me check. Anyway, welcome. Welcome one, welcome all. This is your favorite podcast right out of El Paso, and I just checked. Let me start my timer here, too. Might be a little long today, but that was, of course, Changes by Black Sabbath. It's going to be a kind of a somber, weird, I don't know if it's going to be dark, but definitely not the typical, typical episode of Hell Paso's best MFN podcast. You already know. It's Saturday, November 7th, 2020. I've been up since 6 in the morning, literally 6 in the morning on a Saturday. And why do I start? with Changes by Sabbath. I mean, I love the song. I love Sabbath. I should probably mention before I get to to anything that this is episode 48. It's day 220 of social media isolation. And I don't know if I'm going to call this a eulogy episode, an in-memoriam episode, a remembrance episode, certainly a rest-in-peace episode. I was thinking about what to call it, and I just kept thinking about Micho Black. So apropos of this entire week, I might just call this Meet Joe Black, episode 48. So, a lot of stuff happened this week. On November 5th was my sister's birthday, my older sister's birthday. Her 41st birthday. She probably wouldn't like it that I said that, but I love her anyway, I'm going to tell you guys. So, yes, she has a cool birthday. She has a birthday on Guy Fox Day. So, there was that. Of course, all the Super Tuesday and election bullshit this week, which I'm sure is giving everyone anxiety and stress and whatever. As of this morning, it's been decided, so... I'm not gonna, I might delve into that in the later half of this episode. But on the 5th, which was, I believe, Thursday, my uncle Felipe, Felipe Alvarado, passed away. 
he had been in the hospital diagnosed tested positive for coronavirus and here we are a month later and he passed away I'm not sure whether it was in the morning, in the afternoon, at night, but his internal organs, his lungs, his heart were just too strained from this coronavirus and he slipped away. And so that is one thing that happened this week. He was 70, I believe his birthday was in April. And by this point in the week, everybody knows my mom, all her brothers and sisters, all my uncles, the entire family, the siblings know. The only other person that I told that my uncle passed away was my ex, which leads me to the next bit of news. His, her grandmother, her 80-year-old grandmother, 80-plus grandmother, also passed away this week, also from coronavirus complications. And it's such a strange coincidence that they both were admitted to the same hospital at around the same time, and I'm not sure when my ex's grandma passed away. I haven't asked. I haven't pried on the subject. It's just been been weird. Weird like... I don't know. I can't say unexpected. I can't say shocking. But I also can't say this feels good. Because it don't. So I've been trying to, you know, give Mike some support with regards to her grandmother passing away. So paid my respects and we sort of talked briefly and I mentioned my uncle passing away and and then haven't really talked since. So that that's some news for this week. Also my two other uncles still have coronavirus. They're not in the hospital, thankfully. One of the younger uncles that lives in town is actually quarantined at his house, and I guess he's getting doctor, getting doctor's treatments or medication or something somehow, so we're all thinking about him. And that's my Uncle Manny. The oldest uncle, my Uncle Alejandro, Alex, he and my cousin, his daughter, his oldest, they're 
also sick, positive, but they're at home. They're not at the hospital, and whatever treatment they're receiving seems to be, you know, working for them, thankfully. So there's that. On top of that, probably third, no, Friday morning is when my mom gave me the news about my Uncle Felipe passing. And on top of that, she also mentioned that our next-door neighbor, this older lady, we've lived next door to them since 1993. Her name was Margarita, and her husband, Don Alberto, Albert, Alberto, he passed away two years ago from lymph node cancer, which I didn't know about because I wasn't living here at the time. I don't remember the last time I saw him, probably while I was still here. And then I moved out, moved in with the ex, never saw him again. We had known that he had passed away from cancer, didn't know exactly when. To my surprise, my mom lets me know lets me know that she talked to the neighbors' granddaughters who have been been kind of seeing them come and go from next door. It had just been Margarita and her oldest son, who's about my older sister's age. They went to high school together, graduated. He was married. He had three daughters, and they got divorced. So I guess he was living back at home. Without his girls, I guess his girls lived with their mom. But anyway, for about two months, not knowing that she had passed away in September, which is my mom's birthday month, we would never see the neighbor outside anymore. She would always go outside and sit on a bench or maybe go put out her trash cans or maybe you'd see her pull in or pull out. You know, she was leaving the house, and my mom would be courteous and talk to her and stuff, and would kind of give the wave or the the nod. I I wasn't super chatty with them because I'd just been back for about a year. But yeah, to my surprise, my mom says that by talking to her granddaughter that morning as she was outside, found out that the neighbor, the girl's grandma passed away two months ago. Now, she didn't say exactly from what, and and a couple times we noticed that she wasn't outside anymore, and me and my mom had this conversation on our way to go walking and stuff, and wondered if she was okay, if, you know, they'd gone on vacation, or you know, we just hadn't seen her for a while, and it turns out she passed away, and we had no fucking idea. So kind of a strange not strange but not something that I'm used to grappling with apologies for the noise but yeah it just seems like that Joe Black 
death. Is making the rounds lately and not really not too well versed on how to how to deal how to process how to express how to I mean unless you've Unless you've lived it, unless you've experienced it before, right? I'm pretty sure you can sympathize, but yeah, I don't. I don't understand how this here devolved into this and how at the beginning of the year my uncle was alive and had been down here from Colorado for about a year or two. And when I say down here, I mean he'd come into town or go to Ciudad Juarez. Well, he was staying there with my older uncle. And he would, you know, cross over back and forth and then this year happened February, March, the lockdown, and I guess he, he still, you know, would travel back and forth and come back and forth, and, and my uncle at 70 is fit and strong and kind of like to party a little too much drinking, I mean, no real other vices. And I don't know, I don't know if the drinking is what sort of made things not, not good. It just makes me think because I've been sober without planning to be since February. So it just makes me wonder and, but it's, it's not about me, it's, it's remembering my uncle and my mom showed me pictures of them together from about 10, 11 years ago when my grandfather died and everybody came down. And I remember I didn't, I didn't go to my grandpa's funeral at the time. I'd, I'd never, I never do well at funerals. I, I've only been to one funeral my whole life and that was my aunt one of my mom's sisters who passed away from stomach cancer. She was young too. I don't think she was in her fifties yet. She died. She suffered a lot until the end and you know, she's not suffering anymore. And, and that's another thing I think about my uncle is at least, at least he didn't suffer. At least he's not in any pain anymore. But I've only been to one funeral, and I didn't, I didn't like it. And it's not like in The Sopranos or Six Feet Under or anything like that. A real funeral is not a fun place. It's not supposed to be. But sometimes my aunt or my cousin, from what, from what I remember in that funeral, was my aunt. My aunt, before there were smartphones or phones with cameras or I guess there were, but she had a digital camera and she was 
taking pictures next to my dead aunt's casket, taking pictures of her wake of the open casket of everything and and not even somber pictures, like smiling pictures. And that always perturbed me and and I don't know why I just thought it was in bad taste to record and to take pictures of of the casket of my aunt's corpse, my youngest aunt. And my cousin, her daughter, they're taking pictures at the casket. Why, I don't know. It just disturbed me to the point where I'm like, I can't. I can't go to another funeral. Plus, for me, at least back then, it was awkward to be around my cousins and aunts and uncles. And It's a big family. It's a very big family. It's an extended family. But I can sit here and, and tell, tell everyone looking back that I'm not... <laughs> I mean, we're on speaking terms. I speak to the cousins and aunts and uncles, but we're not, I'm not, at least. I don't know about my sisters. My mom, certainly everybody loves her and and all the cousins and everyone, they do, because she's she's one of the older ones, not the oldest, but I I guess one of the middle siblings. But, I mean, I've, I've never, I can honestly say I've never been close to my cousins, guys and girls. I mean, I'll hang out and talk to them. And, and I've, when I've gone to State Mant in Arizona, I'll drink and been offered weed and stuff by my cousins. But I feel and I've always felt that I have a different sensibility than all my cousins on both sides, my dad's side of the family and my mom's. Even more so, my, my dad's side of the family, more detached, so much so that it, I don't know where everyone is. I don't know what they're doing. I don't have Facebook, so I don't connect with them there anyway, even when I did have Facebook. Yeah, so it's, I don't know, always been the odd man out on both sides of the family. Just fucked up even during this time. I I don't expect them to reach out. I should probably reach out to my old man and this whole week has made me think. But yeah, I, I wasn't really close with, or, or I'm not close with any of my cousins. But sometimes that's how it goes. I know that my recently deceased, recently departed uncle had three daughters and they live in Colorado. I don't think I've, been around them since I was a kid. I haven't seen them. They're we're about the same age. Like my oldest cousin, my my late uncle's oldest daughter is my older sister's age. Their next oldest is around my age, and I think she's married with kids or whatever. And then they have another younger sibling. So we're around the same age, but never really hung out or talked or anything lately. I mean, not since we were kids. So couldn't tell you. I, I do feel for them. I I believe my older two girl cousins, my late uncle's daughters are coming down to pick up. He had a, his truck down here and his stuff or whatever, and of course to sign the documents and make all the arrangements. And, and I don't know how this is going to work out now. I, this is a funeral in fucking 2020, and I don't know. I, I would hope that they have a virtual funeral if that 
because I'm not letting my mom set foot in the hospital at a funeral home, at a wake, or any funeral service. I, I just can't. I'm having a hard time not thinking about if that was my mom in there and not because I want to say, thank God it's not her. I don't want it to be her. And I don't want to keep her sequestered, but for a couple of weeks there, she was going out to the store and to some places, to doctor's appointments. Not regularly, and, and I would drive her to some of them and go with her to appointments and make sure that she was maxed up and everything. But it's like when you have kids, it's like you wonder where they are, if they're safe when they go out there. So now I just, I even made it so that she could vote through the mail because my sisters, they wouldn't have done that for her. They would have just told her to go vote in person. I, I wasn't going to let her do that either. So she voted in the mail. We all voted in this house, and I'll talk about this in the next portion, the next segment, but I can't stop thinking about this affliction and, and doing everything I can, humanly possible, to make sure that my mom is safe until and as such time as there is a vaccine or something some guarantee, which is ridiculous. There are no guarantees in life, but I just think about her, and I know it's hard on her. She lost her brother, and at least she got to see him earlier in the summer. She This is another thing, is that she went to Juarez with my uncle, my other uncle who came down from Colorado and his girlfriend, and they went to Juarez, and my mom was there. And now we learned that the top three places people are exposed are stores, restaurants, and going to Mexico. Uh, yeah. But myself and my mom have been tested twice in the previous month, and this coming Monday is the next testing date, and I'm going, I don't know if she's going to want to go. I should probably convince her to go again. It'll be back at the Texas Chainsaw Massacre fire station. I just think about my mom and what she's going through and my aunt and my cousins, his daughters and everyone else. And I think about my ex's grandma and, and what my ex's mom and her sister and, and my ex's kids and, and my ex's sister and brother-in-law and everyone's going through now that they lost the grandmother. It's it's really sad. And I gotta say, when my mom told me, I just... My reaction was heartbreak. And she told me my uncle passed away, but I didn't cry. It was... It was a scary thing. Is I, My reaction, other than to give my mom, pay my respects, was... It's like a sudden pang of pain and then nothing after. So that's what's alarming to me that I had that reaction. Uh, it hurts. It's sad and it's 
it's scary and it's enraging and it's it's everything it's a whirlwind but the first thing i thought is i it's it's a terrible loss and then just nothing after except for looking at my mom and listening to her tell me something i don't even know what but just being grateful that she's here and that she's alive and healthy and wanting to to be grateful for that and and to have her and the entire family in this house just pull through this fucking year things can always be worse and so i focus on the good times i focus on going for walks with my mom or even if she she's moody or cranky and she's snaps at me or whatever and like at least she's up and around and she's her cranky self sometimes she's 65 and helping her with her medical insurance coverage now that she's 65 and renewing her license and all this stuff and I was going to talk about a fender bender that I had a couple weeks back where some guy merged right into my car at Popeye's drive-thru, but it's, now it seems so trivial. It seems so whatever. The car's fine. The other guy got out of his car, was banging on my window on top of my car trying to get in, not wearing a mask, younger hipster guy. I went through the drive-thru, he didn't follow me, it was him and his girl, and they recorded my plate or whatever. And then, sure enough, a couple days later, uh, it was probably last week, the beginning of last week, because we get a call from the insurance and blah, blah, blah. So I took my car, they took pictures of it, came back. My insurance said they were covering the, the damages. The other guy was driving like a Pusshole mobile, a fucking Jeep, a Jeep Pusshole 2016 Jeep Ravager, whatever Pussmobile, but doesn't matter. I'm not even thinking about that. My car's fine. This is what this is what we burn calories on. This fender benders and this asshole getting pissed and getting out of the car. Because he couldn't wait another fucking minute at the drive-thru at Popeye's. Every day is a gift for young people, for us, and that's what we choose to do with it. I don't know. Yeah, I also finished The Sopranos a couple days ago, so... Add that weird existential feeling on top of the recent losses and thinking about everything, plus the anxiety from the election and everything else, which I'm not even going to mention yet. I might even do another hour of this, but welcome to Deathcast. And I'm not even being jokey when I say that. It's just, just not knowing that the neighbor died, finding out my uncle died, Max's grandmother, and yeah, it's Joe Black. He's all over the place. He's busy, so I'll be back in a minute. I gotta compose myself. So, here we go.
I shall return. and remembering and showing love to my uncle who passed away this week. Now November 5th will have a bittersweet meaning because it is my older sister's birthday and Sky Fox Day. I would call it, jokingly call it V for Vendetta Day. And now it's, it's going to be a date that's going to stand out for three different reasons in our minds. So I wanted to read a poem by William Butler Yeats, or Yeats, as A.J. Soprano called them, called The Second Coming. So here it is, The Second Coming, by William, William, by William Butler Yeats, Yeats. It's been a while since I've read poetry, especially aloud, so it might be a little rusty. The Second Coming Turning and turning in the widening gyre The falcon cannot hear the falconer Things fall apart, the center cannot hold Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world the blood-dimmed tide is loosed, and everywhere the ceremony of innocence is drowned. The best lack all conviction, while the worst 
are full of passionate intensity. Surely some revelation is at hand. Surely the second coming is at hand. The second coming. Hardly are those words out when a vast image out of spirits, spiritus mundi, troubles my sight. Somewhere in the sands of the desert, a shape with lion body and the head of a man, a gaze blank and pitiless as the sun, is moving a slow thighs, while all about it real shadows of the indignant desert birds. The darkness drops again, but now I know that twenty centuries of stony sleep were vexed to nightmare by a rocking cradle, and what rough beast, its hour come round at last, slouches towards Bethlehem to be born. So, I'd read this poem in college, never gave it much meaning. Then I saw this being featured in one of the last episodes of The Sopranos, and it sticks out to AJ, and then he has a suicide attempt, and then his dad's killed ultimately at the end of the show. And I don't know. It just struck me out of all the weeks that I've had during this to finish The Sopranos, this was the week that I decided to finish it. And this poem to come back again and, and to be still relevant, at least in what's going on this year and everything that's happening is, I don't know, I just wanted to share that, as corny as it sounds. Not because my uncle was into poetry or anything, I don't think he was. There's a man who like to travel and to have good times and build things and work with his hands. He loved his family, he loved to barbecue, he loved to drink, loved to drive his truck. He wore a black, not a cowboy hat, but kind of like the black flat top rimmed hats, like the, the kind of hats that they wore in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Not those like Stetson or Gallon hats. He liked that type of subtle hat. And he loved music. And he loved his granddaughters and everyone. And I'll, I'll never get a chance to see him again or talk to him or, or anything. I think the last time I saw him was 10 years ago. And yeah, it's been a while. Actually, I think it was not 10 years ago. It was my cousin's wedding and I think it was somewhere in the in the 2010s I can't remember I'm bad with dates it sucks but I hope wherever he is he's finally resting comfortably and doesn't have to worry about being in pain or hurting or yeah. So that that was for for my uncle, and the same for my ex's grandma, who I remember 
the time that I met and was around her and all the family gatherings and stuff. She was a very quiet lady, but when she laughed, she had a hearty laugh. She would smile, and she just loved being around the grandkids and and her great-grandkids and just enjoyed having everyone over and being around with family, which I always admired. And, and I was always very respectful to her. I would always shake her hand and... and you know, ask her how she's doing, and spoke to her in Spanish, which none of my exes, ex-husband or her other exes never did that, so of course they liked that, and, and I was raised to do that with the old Mexicanos, you know, talk to them in Spanish, and they were shocked at how well I spoke Spanish, but pleasantly surprised, and so I hope wherever she is, she's at peace now and resting and knowing that her family loves and remembers her and I hope this makes me think inward if if, if my time comes who the fuck's gonna remember me but it's not about me right now I don't know this makes me wonder about death for as much as it's around and and not just in the sense that oh I, I need to find Micho Black and rent it and watch it which I've watched it before and it's not a great movie but it's not bad either but I don't know what happens when I die if I die I, I would rather think about that than think about losing a loved one from inside this house, from anyone from inside these walls, I would rather think about myself dying. And I've thought about death since I was like four years old. I remember one day just waking up and thinking, I don't want to be put in the ground, I don't want to die. What happens? Hundreds, thousands, I did the math in my head as a four or five year old, like what happens? 50, 100 years after I'm dead, what happens to my body? What, what if I can't breathe? in the ground, in the casket, what if I want to get out? It shows my affinity, my love for zombie movies, which, non-sequitur, but I watched Return of the Living Dead's 1 and 2 yesterday, and that shit just made me laugh. It's so ridiculous. But I've been thinking about death for about 30, 35 years almost. And I don't think about it every day, or and I don't. I actually don't have any arrangements or anything done. I don't. How's to go? I, I'm pretty sure made known to some people here that I don't want to be buried. I want to be cremated, and I want my ashes to go inside the secret stash. I told my exes. I told her if I die, I want her to bring my vest to the stash so that they can display it in whatever, in any prominent fashion, display it inside the stash. I don't want a shrine or a memorial, just, just the vest. Just the vest by the recording table, by the, by the poker table. And I've told my mom the same. If, if I die, give 
give all my stuff to my best friend, my brother Keith, or give some of my stuff to my ex, if I'm dead, since we all like the same shit. But of course, I won't expect her to do it right now if if this happens during this whole shit. But it's just stuff that I talked about. But honestly, I would want my vest hanging in the stash somewhere. Maybe by the door, maybe by, maybe by the displays in the back, maybe inside a display case, I don't know. There's no good pictures of me wearing that thing, so... I think I'll wear it next summer. I still have high hopes of going to Red Bank and wearing it and having a good time. I have hopes of going to Vegas and doing peyote like Tony Soprano did and going to the desert. Yeah, I have some Sopranos, post-Sopranos depression again, which is silly. And then it probably wasn't the best time to get that and then find out these dire news of my uncle passing. And then all the selection bullshit. I guess I'll talk about it. Yeah, everybody voted. I voted. Took took them fucking four or five days from the count and everything. But now they know, so fine, whatever. I voted. You voted. Everybody voted. No one's ever really happy about it, but you know, let's put it past us. And hopefully, hopefully Abuela over there, Grandpa, can, you know, do a good job. Smiling Joe. Fire Marshal Bill, as Bill Burke calls him. But, you know, let's put it, put it to bed, whoever, whatever, let's get back to work. Doesn't matter who's in there. Let's just hope that they do a fucking good job or at least try. Because we're all in this bullshit together, whether we want to believe it or not. So yeah, I haven't been reading. I've been eating, I've been watching stuff. I've been... Oh, and by the way, I've been blocked from the internet again, which again seems like such a trivial, pitiful little petty bullshit to do but my sister does that so right now I'm going to use my mobile hotspot to upload this since I don't have Wi-Fi just when I was like oh I can watch HBO Max and plug it into the TV and watch it and then it's all gone and the music and shit too so yeah I don't know speaking of music System of a Down released some new music last, uh, yesterday, Friday. That kind of made me feel a little better that after all this time they put out music. The reason for it was because some more killings and attacks in Armenia and in that area out there. And I'm going to sound like an American idiot, but. I don't know the specifics. So it's two songs. They sounded really great. They released two songs, Genocidal Humanoids and Protect the Land. I like Protect the Land a lot. More 
support for the Armenian fund because there's unrest in that part of the world again. So they're they're doing that again. Let's see. Songs about Art Artsakh and Armenia. And probably pronounce that wrong. Azerbaijan and Armenia. Azerbaijan and Armenia had a ceasefire. Tensions rising since July clashes between Armenia and Azerbaijan. So, yeah, on top of all this other bullshit, that just never stops. No, I'm not saying, oh, I'm glad that there's unrest and that makes System of a Down come together. No, but the music's there, the support is there, and I don't know. On top of everything, people are still fucking fighting each other. Focus on the good times is all I can keep thinking about in The Sopranos. At the end of the series, even Tony didn't remember saying that. I don't know, maybe I'll get into The Sopranos stuff next week. I, I don't know. I don't know when this black cloud's going to lift over my fucking head. It's sunny outside, the weather's not that bad, but I don't feel good. It's not because I want sympathy or I want to reach out and, and say, hey, hey, guys. This sucks. It's hurting. It's shitty. And I'm in a hole again. I'm scared not so much of me getting sick. So I know if I get sick, I don't want to go to the hospital. I don't, I don't want to go to the hospital. I'd rather just fucking ride it out of here. Where the fuck? Just up here. Fuck the hospital. But I don't I don't want to think about my sisters, my nieces, or my mom being carted off to the hospital and never seeing them again. I don't want to think about that. It's dark and it hurts. And I'm not drawing attention to myself like, oh, well, what about me? No, it's lives have ended. People are in pain. People are grieving and they're mourning. I don't want a pat on the back. I don't want paying respect to other people is fine. I, that, that's why that I don't, I don't post it. I don't, I don't send it out there. And, and on top of everything else, on top of all this political shit, I don't, I don't know, but but I'm saying this now. I'm, I'm remembering my uncle now, remembering the times that I shared with him when I was younger, as a kid, and and when I was a teen, and and then not seeing him after that, my twenties or even now, and imagining the pain and loss of all his brothers and all his, my aunt, his wife, my cousins, his daughters, his grandkids. Uh, and I don't want to say, oh, I experienced a loss. This is now affecting me. This has been affecting me and everyone since fucking the beginning of the year. And now it's just death's knocking a little bit closer. Death knocked next door. Death came knocking for my uncle. And, and I don't know what to do or how to feel. Don't really know how to process this shit. 
And and ironically, I got up at six in the morning. It's not like I'm sleeping all night. Got up and fucking made breakfast and watched Daddy's Home One and Two comedies. So I could laugh and then you know feel better, and, and they kind of did. But now it's back to I don't know. I don't know because I worry about not only our physical health but our mental health too. But I've always been the one not to reach out and be like, "Well, I'm hurting, and I got to talk to somebody." I'm 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 that kind of person that for 220 fucking days, unless you listen to this or unless you text me, you don't know what's going on in my head and you don't know how I'm fucking feeling. And I don't have therapy. I don't have a therapist. I don't take fucking head pills. I don't take anything to regulate my brain. I don't drink. I don't fucking get high. I feel everything. And then I feel nothing. And this is what it is to be alive. And and being alive is a gift. It's like Tony Soprano said, every day is a gift. And I get up. And I make my tea and my coffee and I take my vitamins and I give thanks that my mom's okay even though she's cranky and I give thanks that the girls are okay even though they're probably depressed or exhausted from not going to school and not seeing their friends. And I give thanks that I'm able to sit and watch a like a Christmas movie or something with my nieces or, or dress up for stay-at-home Halloween with them or bring them donuts or make them banana bread because I bake or bake them whatever. Just thankful as much as we bicker that we're together and it claws at me, it, it rips at me from the inside to think about as cranky and as moody and as petty as we are and how we're not like super solid. And I mean, we're not like, we're like families in a sense that, oh, we're, uh, I mean, I, uh, I talk more to my nieces and my mom than I do my own sisters and probably got to fix that. I think one day I will fix that. We're the family that, for the time being, doesn't really communicate that much with each other. Or they don't communicate with me. They do it through an intermediary, my mom, but what are you going to do? And whatever is there, whatever resentment's there, got to fix it, whatever shits, whatever situations are with our father, we got to probably deal with as a family eventually, but just glad that everybody's here for better or worse. It's not perfect, but here we are. It just eats at me, just thinking about, and not only because of my uncle passing or whatever, or my ex's grandma. I'm thinking about everybody that I care about out there. You listening, if you listen, you probably, I can probably assume that I care about you. Or you give a shit enough to listen, and because you either want to hear my self-destruction on a recorded format, or you genuinely give a shit, whether I'm alive or breathing too. So if you do, thank you. And I love you for that too, whoever you are. But, or if you want to hear me self destruct, tune in every week. It's just, it's just hard. It, it, it's like 
razor blades inside you, like fucking trying to cut their way out. Just this anxiety and paranoia and the external chaos perpetuating internal chaos and I don't know I don't feel like reading and don't, sometimes I don't feel like doing anything don't feel like doing anything but I still do I still have done yoga for so far all this month and gone on walks and haven't stopped but sometimes it's it's hard I, I get enough sleep I get I sleep I'm out by midnight I wake up early and and sometimes I don't know what day it is, and sometimes I don't feel like getting up, but I do. And every day is it's like Groundhog Day, but not hilarious. And I don't know. Maybe I'm getting too existential. But at least there's new music and there's new stuff, and and it's Black Friday deals, huh? So hopefully you guys can check out some Best Buy and Target shit. Yeah. I don't know, I think Chappelle's hosting SNL tonight, so that's something to look forward to. And So the news says to avoid all this anxiety from the election, you should do breathing exercises and disconnect and do one thing that makes you happy or do one thing that, that gives you control. I don't know. I do yoga and I feel good and I go for walks and I feel good and I listen to TSD and podcasts and... I feel good, but there's 24 hours of the day and minus the six or seven that I sleep that leaves. That leaves 16, 17 hours. And music helps and it doesn't, and driving helps and it doesn't, and not talking to people helps and then it doesn't, and... Ignoring the news and trying to watch old movies and trying to watch mall rats to cheer up. It works and then it doesn't. Listening to NPR in the morning, listening to election bullshit by accident on NPR doesn't help. Listening to Bill Burr's podcast helps. Listening to records help. Trying to play a CD on my record player that won't play CDs helps. Cleaning the bunker, organizing up here helps, and then it gets windy and dusty, and I have to do it all over again, so it kind of helps. Stretching and yoga and naps help. As I think about the things that we take for granted and, and now my uncle and Max's grandma and our next door neighbor can't do those things anymore. They can't get up. They can't go outside, sit on a bench. They can't sit in the sun. They can't drive or laugh. They can't listen to podcasts. They can't smile. They can't make jokes. They can't text people and tell them they love them anymore. Like I'm telling everyone that's listening now, I love you guys, whoever you are. Even if you hate me, even if you resent me, even if you're just listening to see how I implode. I still love you because there's almost 1,300 times that this has been played. Not this podcast, but the show.
El Paso's best motherfucking podcast. This is exhausting. And I've already done an hour. Not exhausting like I hate doing it, but it's just... It's a lot. It's draining. So, rest in peace. Tio Felipe, rest in peace. Grandma, ex's grandma, rest in peace. Doña Margarita. I don't know, just... You either tell people that you love them while you've got a chance, hug them. I've even forgotten what it's like to do that, to hug and get close to people. But... I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to live and love and exist in a time like this, but try. Read, write, text. Wear your fucking mask. Get your shots. Whatever happens now, at least everything's in motion. Now you know what the election results are. I don't care who you voted for. Don't worry about who I voted for. I'm getting another Rona test in the morning on Monday. I'm tired. I don't know. Shout out to everybody that listens. Europe, Canada, Asia, East, West Coast. Love everybody. Cheer me up. I'm down, but not out. But I will return. Until then, just know that I love you guys and that I thank you for listening and for being there when you can. And if you can't, that's fine. Thank you for listening. Fuck you, SoundCloud. Thank you, Spotify. Thank you, Anchor. And I will return. Until then, enjoy a little ditty from El Paso's best podcast. En paz descansatio. I will return al rato later. Orale. Paz descansa, tío. We love you.